Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Asban, here with my friend Chabruta and Gordon. Our DAP today, Masachet Nedarim, DAP Hey, page five. So, the, Amud Aleph, Anne and I are really going to spend time on Amud Bet, um, but Amud Aleph really goes through trying to understand how does Shmuel understand this Mishnah? And it goes through a bunch of different iterations of what Shmuel actually uh, how Shmuel actually could have understood this and what he might have actually said about the Mishnah. So starting at the top of Amud Aleph, right, they basically say, Lema Kesavar Shmuel, we're going to hold, right, that Shmuel basically says, Yadayim she'en muchichot, lo havayan yadayim. Partial declarations, right? Yadayim is the word for declarations that they use that are not conclusive, that are inconclusive, are not valid partial declarations. A lot of what happened on Amud Aleph, again, just to pay attention to, is some of this wordplay that Anne and I had talked about in her introduction to Nadarim, right? If it's said in one way, like, um, Ani, you know, Mudar, Mudar Lach, right? You, you know, then it means the, the two people are, are Asur, they're prohibited to each other. But if it's worded a different way, one person is Asur and one person is Mudar. I think some of this gets lost a little bit when we translate it into English because it's not exactly, you know, it's a translation. And some of that nuance or, or subtlety of language, uh, just it, it doesn't exactly translate. But that's exactly a lot of what's happening there. And so finally, Shmuel's conclusion is, is that a partial declaration that is inconclusive, right? And that's what he's sort of how he's interpreting this Mishnah is not really, it can't be considered a partial declaration. Partial declarations hold as long as they're not inconclusive. So the Gemara says, Im, yes, Shmuel interprets our Mishnah according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And that's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who says, right, that's the Tanitic uh, opinion that Shmuel is holding by, that partial declarations that are inconclusive are not uh, partial declarations. So now the Gemara is going to bring Rabbi Yehuda's uh, opinion, and this is from a, a Mishnah that appears in Gittin. It's not. Gufo shall get, right? The essence of a get, is basically saying to the woman, right? You are permitted to any man. And the point is any get to be a valid get, that's what it needs to have in that get. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, and this document is what shall be to you from me, a document of expulsion, and a letter of abandonment. So in other words, the Tanakama of this mission basically says, right, you could have a partial declaration that's inconclusive. All you need to say is you are hereby permitted to any man. Now, what exactly does that mean? It doesn't have a conclusion to it, right, in a certain way. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda is saying, no, you can't just say you're hereby permitted to any man. You need to actually have a statement in there that says, this is your bill of release. You are, you know, you, we are separated from each other. Something about it has to be completely conclusive. So then the Gemara says, Amai dachif Yehuda. Why is Shmuel forcing himself to interpret the Mishnah according to this minority opinion of Rabbi Yehuda? That's the point, okay? 
Why doesn't he interpret it according to the opinion of the rabbis who disagree with Rabbi Yehuda and say that partial declarations are okay? Even though partial declarations are inconclusive, okay? So, in other words, Rabbi Yehuda basically makes this requirement that the get has to say straightforwardly, explicitly, that the husband is divorcing his wife using this particular get. Otherwise, it might be that he meant to divorce her using, you know, saying something verbally, which isn't allowed, and that's not actually as he do it. The document is sort of, you know, and then sort of gave the document as like proof of the verbal divorce. But the point is, is that he has to specify that there is, you know, the document is linked to that declaration. And that's what Rabbi Yehud is saying by that a partial declaration that's not conclusive isn't effective. But the Tanakama doesn't think you need to be that explicit because it's clear from that language, right, that you're permitted to any man is that this obviously is a get um, document. And so I think this discussion revolves around a little bit. Also, it's a wording, a wording issue, right? Like how specific does language actually need to be? Okay. How, how, how specific does it need to be? So, um, so basically, um, you know, so the Gemara basically wants to understand why doesn't he hold like the rabbis? Why does he go after this opinion? Why did, why does he reject the interpretation of the rabbis? And why does he go after the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, which is this minority opinion, right? Because when we talk about a, a, a neder, right, where somebody says, I'm vowed from you, that which I eat of yours, right? The, the question is why the Mishnah basically only talks about this type of neder, right? And not a, sort of the brief neder that we're talking about, the partial neder where somebody would just say, I'm Minudar, uh, I'm vowed from you, right? And so that's sort of like, so the point is, is that it doesn't say it because according to Shmuel, the Mishnah doesn't give that as an example because that would be a partial declaration that's inconclusive. But it's really like a roundabout way to actually understand that Mishnah. So the Gemara answers, Amarava, Rava says, Matninan Kishite, right? The Mishnah actually is a difficulty to Shmuel. Because it says, Why would it teach later on in that which I eat of yours and that which I taste of yours? What it really should teach is in that which I eat or in that which I taste. In other words, if a inconclusive yad is actually effective, then even saying I am, you know, vowed from you in that which you eat in that which I eat, right? It it makes the person who t- took the neder, he's a sur, he's not allowed to eat uh, his chaver's food because, right, his, his friend's food because of the of yours that's sort of implicit there, but it's not actually explicitly there. So what Rav is saying is, is that some of the clauses in the Mishnah are actually partial declarations that are inconclusive, Right? So from here we learn that what we we make we we learn that what the partial declarations um, that we we make sure that partial declarations actually have to be conclusive. The fact that the Mishnah adds the words of yours right um, is uh, it teaches that if it's not in that neder, okay, then it actually wouldn't be conclusive. So Shmuel sort of learns this in like a very, very roundabout way. But the main point about Shmuel is 
is that, yes, we have this thing of partial declarations, but it still needs to be somewhat conclusive. It still needs to have a particular type of specificity to it. Okay, so I'm going to add another English word into the mix that helped me understand these inconclusive statements. Um, I, I kind of prefer ambiguous, meaning where you don't, it's inconclusive in that it's not defining who is the 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 specific details, let's say, of the nether. But but the reason I find it to be helpful is that inconclusive to me seems like till you get to the end of it, which is kind of what is happening. It's it's a good definition. It's a good translation. But ambiguous means to me means like something is left up in the air in the freezing of the nether. So when somebody says like yours, but doesn't specify the specific, you know, the the actual where you have this kind of partial declaration. So what happens in the rest of this daf is a further machloket about whether these ambiguous or inconclusive statements are valid or not. And Abayi says they're valid, and Rava says they're not. Rava saying they're not won't surprise us. You've just said as much. Itamar, yadayim she'en mochichot. Abayim amar havyan yadayim. Right, Abai says like they have hands. It's it's a it's a real idiom to say that this is an ambiguous or inconclusive statement. Rava Amar Lo Havyan Yadaim. Rava says no way. They don't hold up. They're not valid. Amar Rava Rabbi Idi is Azbrali. Amar Kra Nazir La Hazir La Hashem. Makish Yadot Nazirut Linazirut. Ma Nazirut Bafla'a Af Yadot Nazirut Bafla'a. So Rava says the Rav Idi explained it as the source of how we get to these ambiguous statements of not being valid. Specifically because in Sefer Bamidbar, in the Book of Numbers, where we talk about a Nazir, it says Nazir Lahazir, right? That the the vow, the oath of the person who takes upon himself Nizirut is consecrate himself, right? Like the Nazir means one who is dedicated to Hashem. In this kind of way, in this way of being a nazir, which is a little bit tricky because, right, like the definition is very much using the word to define itself. Um, so what happens, though, is that then you have these statements of nazirut, which we talked about earlier, um, from this nazir lazir, which gets you nazirut. And then that suggests or it, it teaches that becoming a nazir has to be a specific, distinct, um, you know, statement. Um, so therefore, the moment that you have any kind of of, of whiff of of nizirut, then it also has to be specific. It can't have this ambiguous, um, inconclusive uh, of statement. So the point there is that's how it goes for nazir, right? Rav Idi taught Rava that when you're talking about, it has to be specific, even in a partial statement. So the Gemara says, well, maybe these Amorayim are disagreeing about what happened, the, the Machloket between, in the Tanaim, between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbanan. So, there's a Mishnah in Gittin, which we'll get to eventually, right? Please, God. That the, the when you have a get, right? You say, or the get itself pretty much says, you know, it, it conveys the point, you, wife, 
former wife, are hereby permitted to any man, to marry any man. And Rabbi Huda says that there's another statement that's really part of that divorce, of the get itself, of the document, right? Namely, this will be for me a document of divorce, meaning it is a bill of divorcement, and it is uh, a letter of dismissal, meaning that it, it there's a an, an acknowledgement within the get that states what it does. And so perhaps then, Abaye, and this is where the Gemara goes on, Abaye the Amar, who says you have this additional statement, but the Rabbanan say you don't need that to articulate exactly what get does. Um, and then we could say that Rava, who thinks that they're not valid, that the ambiguous and inconclusive statements are not valid, uh, lines up with Rabbi Huda, who has this extra statement in the get. Amar Lach, Abaye. So the Gemara says, well, Abaye could say, could would say to you, Ana da Amri, Afila Rabbi Huda. Because I say that what I'm saying even lines up according to Rabbi Huda's position of that extra statement in the get. Ad kan la loka ama Rabbi Huda be be'inan yaday muchichot elagabe get. Meaning, right? Because Rabbi Huda's statement about having that specific um, conclusive statement is is about a get. Right, not about other nidarim, and so maybe you need to, maybe you need that absolute, uh, you know, break in the relationship um, for for divorce. Right, it says the ba'inan kritut We need to have this kind of separation or severance, which is stated kritut. A safer kritut is what's explicit in the verse in the Torah. So if you don't, if the if you just have a document that says, "All right, we're getting divorced," you need to actually need to say we are you know sundering this relationship but in general meaning in a general nether who, who says who says that you need to have um a, a specific statement to say that an ambiguous or inconclusive statement is not a real nether Varava Amar and also Rava could have said it could also be applied to Rabbanan. Ad kan lo ka'ami Rabbanan to lo ba'inan yadayim ochichot elagabe get. Speaking specifically about get, and maybe they don't need um, an additional conclusive, unambiguous statement once you're talking about a get itself, right? De'ena dam megareshet top of the next stuff, just for this line. De'ena dam megareshet eshet chavero because you don't have somebody Unless you're actually having a bill of divorce, once you've got that bill of divorce, you don't need to say anything more specific. It's very clear. This is a get. But maybe when you, you know, who's to say that you don't need a specific statement? According to Reva, you indeed do need that specific conclusive statement. So I think uh, the Machloket itself of between Reva and Abaye takes us the next level down, let's say, to compare. This, these nidarim in general, and whether they work or they don't, to both the case of Nazir and the case of Get. And I feel like ongoing thread, right, of these comparisons, because they are the, they are the, I don't know, the obvious um, 
ways to figure out what the parameters of Nidarim must be. And we're not we're not done yet, right? This this machloket continues onto the next staff. Well, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Rank us, review us, and all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about the staff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, pro and.